Welcome to ACNL in Action, brought to you by the Association of California Nurse Leaders. I'm your host, Charlene Platon, and this is the podcast for anyone who wants to learn more about nursing, leadership, and everything in between. Each episode, we'll be talking to healthcare leaders to get their perspective on the biggest issues. And today, we'll be talking about how healthcare organizations can manage and frame their public image and the role that nurses play in these initiatives. We are so excited to be joined by Kimberly Good, who most recently served as Senior Vice President of External Affairs at Blue Shield California. And Kimberly has served in communications for well-established organizations such as Kellogg's, Prudential, American Express, and Allstate. She provides strategic leadership in corporate communications, government affairs, and corporate citizenship. And Kimberly is active professionally and in the community with a number of organizations such as the Executive Leadership Council, the Bay Area Council, Children Now Leadership Council, and the California Women Lead Advisory Council. Kimberly has earned numerous accolades of distinction, including the Most Influential Women in Bay Area Business 2019, Hall of Femme by PR Week, and the Most Influential Women in Corporate America by Savoy Magazine. Thank you so much for joining us, Kimberly. We are so excited to have you. Well, thank you, Charlene. I so appreciate the invitation to join you, and I appreciate that generous introduction. You know, what I find to be one of the most interesting things, or probably more interesting than some of those things, is the fact that I'm just a proud wife and mother of three, and uh, I'm also the caregiver for my mom and grandmother. So it's been a very unique time through COVID-19 and this pandemic, having a four-generation household and helping everyone from 19 to 95 navigate COVID-19. So happy to be here and happy to chat with you about reputation and crisis communications and anything that is of interest to your audience. Great, thank you so much, Kimberly. And we appreciate you sharing your journey this past year with the pandemic. And I completely agree. It's been very tough to navigate. And what you said is, really amazing in terms of a multi-generational household to manage on top of everything you're doing personally, professionally. It's been a challenging time. And I think there's so much to talk about actually with what you were mentioning. And I do want to start with your journey in healthcare because you have such a unique role. And as a nurse myself, we don't really, we're not as privy to communications or these other aspects of healthcare. And I just want to know more about What led you to that journey and how did you get to where you are now? So I I fell in love with communications really early. I was fortunate literally as a high school student to be introduced to, you know, journalism and storytelling. I went to college for it and then, you know, started a career in corporate communications. So I've worked in a variety of industries and all of these industries and companies have the same goal in mind, which is to figure out how to develop a story that helps people understand who you are, what you stand for, and ultimately to influence people to want to support you, whether it's to come work for you, to be your customer, to be a provider in your network, be a member. So that's that's the appeal that I have. And it's really around, you know, shaping and sharing stories, helping people that have a need to connect with organizations that can help, you know, supply that need. That's great, Kimberly, and I really love your emphasis on storytelling. I think that when it comes to healthcare, storytelling is a really key component of the mission, the vision, what drives everyone to 
engage in these healthcare organizations. So I absolutely agree. It's it's important. It's a huge, significant part of what we do and, and what we're striving for in the day-to-day. And in terms of communications, I know that you recently served as Senior Vice President of External Affairs with Blue Shield. And could you tell us a little bit more about what that entailed or what your work looked like in that role? Absolutely. So Blue Shield of California, the organization was focused on serving 4.5 million members throughout the state of California, with 7,000 employees, with a massive provider network. And the goal really ultimately is to ensure the health and well-being of Californians and secondarily to create a healthcare system worthy of our family and friends and sustainably affordable. And the reason I wanted to just call that out is for every organization, you know, it's really important to understand what is your North Star? What is it that you are in business to do? Why do people come to work every day? Why do people want to affiliate with organization? So in my role, Shield really was focused on corporate communications. How do we tell the company's story through our website, through media articles, through social media? It was our government affairs team. How do we ensure that policymakers and opinion influencers understand what's important to the healthcare industry so that we can better serve members? And also our corporate citizenship work. How do we show up in the community? How do we volunteer and devote charitable giving to to areas that are are most important to improving the health and well-being. And then for me personally, outside of those core duties, I was also the co-executive champion for health equity, which is an area that I just have a ton of passion for. It's just so important that as we seek health and well-being for everyone, that we're conscious of where there may be gaps or disparities or places where there are groups that may not be reaching their full potential. So we have to understand that. And I've also been just a big advocate of diversity, equity, and inclusion broadly. I think we want to certainly have a a more well society, and we also want to have one that's more equitable. And in that role, I was able to do all of those things. That's great, Kimberly. Thank you for sharing. And I want to first discuss what you mentioned about having a North Star for a company. And I think that's so important and really does really drive how we go on with our day-to-day. And how do you think healthcare organizations can really hone in on their North Star? Or how do you how do you start to develop that and develop a communication strategy around that? Well, it starts with, you know, really being clear on why you exist. What is the unique thing that you offer? And That not only is for an organization, but it's for the individuals, the people within it. You know, part of really is creating that line of sight. So when an organization gets that North Star right, when they are really clear about why they exist, the goal not only is to communicate that externally, but you also have to communicate it internally because your people, whether they are employees, nurses, doctors, they are the best advocates for that North Star. They not only are the ones that execute it to ensure that you can achieve it, but they're also the ones who are the face of it. You know, if you think about the role of nurses in the healthcare system for any organization, that is the individual that patients are most looking to in their greatest time of need. So an important part is understanding what that North Star is and then ensuring that you communicate it 
internally and externally in a way particularly where your people can create that line of sight, how they can understand that everything they do in their job is either an affirmation of that North Star or it's in conflict with that North Star. So I think that's really the heart of making that North Star clear and making it real. That's beautiful, Kimberly. I really appreciate what you said. And and I do agree, it has to be both external and internal. And that's really driven by the clinicians who are within the healthcare organizations. And it's really interesting when you think about the stories that everyone has um, internally, you know, through their own personal journeys and how that does connect with the organization at large. And in terms of your work with Blue Shield, am I correct to say that Blue Shield was the first healthcare company that you've done communications for? Yes. So I was new to the industry as a leader, but I consider myself a healthcare consumer. So when I came into the industry, even though it was the first time I worked in healthcare professionally, I came with consumer lens as, again, as a mother who's delivered three children, you know, as a mom who's visited many pediatricians, as a, as a mom or a daughter who has had to deal with doctors for my mom and grandmother. So, you know, one of the things that's super helpful when you are new to an industry is if you bring that consumer focus, it's like I understood healthcare from the outside looking in, like what made the experience work and what made the experience not work. Then joining healthcare organization enables me to look at healthcare from the inside out. And bringing those two things together is really where you create breakthrough, where you can understand better how you can bring your consumer personal lived experience to the organization so that as policies are being made, as decisions are being made, you do that with that consumer slash member experience in mind. So, you know, I think one of the biggest adjustments coming to healthcare was the language. Oh my goodness, there are so many acronyms here. <laughs> yes. I would sit in meetings and I'd have to write down all these three letter codes and words and, <laughs> and abbreviations. Once you get past that, I think, you know, what you get super impressed by in healthcare is the incredible passion that folks in this industry bring with an other focus. I mean, like every meeting, every interaction literally is around how can we help others? How can we help others be better? What can we do to make this experience better? What can we do to solve this, you know, problem? And so that's something that I think I'll always appreciate about the healthcare industry. It is a giving profession, people that work really hard, that are really committed in passion and that do something meaningful every single day. And, and that's, that's awesome. You know, at Blue Shield, we have, we call prime strategies. And one of them is to be a great place to do meaningful work. I and mean, if you just think about that, I mean, we're on the plan side. And so we're not touching patients in the direct way that doctors and patients are. But even in our role, our goal is how can we make it meaningful? How can we support providers that are in our network, the members who sign up for Blue Shield? How can we support the communities? So that other focus that's so prevalent in the healthcare industry is something that is, is really, really impressive and very special. Yes, that's great, Kimberly. And I first want to say I really appreciate your perspective as someone who has worked outside of the healthcare industry because I know for myself, I've been in the healthcare industry for my entire career. And, you know, 
you know, my, my family is comprised of a lot of nurses. My mom's a nurse, my twin sister's a nurse, my relatives are nurses. So it is really interesting to hear perspectives from someone who, who are fairly, someone who's fairly new to the healthcare industry. And just what you mentioned about kind of like the language barrier with the different acronyms we have, it's not even something I had thought about myself. <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting to hear that perspective and just stresses the importance of the communication and how can we all speak the same language? So it's, you know, that's really great perspective to share. And I think, well, for, you know, coming into the healthcare space and mentioning what you did mention about the experience, I want to, I want to ask about that too, because, you know, when you think about it, everyone, even healthcare professionals, we are patients in addition to being clinicians, right? And so when you want to, when you want to think about the healthcare experience and the healthcare industry, it's, it's so interesting to put yourself in that perspective as a patient and how things can be communicated to you from that lens versus when you're working in the healthcare industry. So I just, so what you mentioned just made me think about that. And I think that's really important consideration. Any thoughts about that? Yeah. You know, I would, I would build on that in that one of the interesting insights I've learned being in healthcare is about something called social determinants of health. You may have heard that term, Mm. you know, people, was fascinating to learn if you're focused on health and well-being, you can't limit the discussion to what happens in the doctor's office, what happens, you know, at the hospital, what happens if you take your meds. All of those things are critically important. But at the end of the day, there's so many other factors that can impact health and well-being that the healthcare industry needs to continue doing its part and be the very best it can be at what it does. And there needs to be partnership and collaboration with like every stakeholder, every industry, every company, every individual. You know, at the end of the day, the choices we make as it relates to our environment, that impacts people's health and well-being. The choices we make around um, crime and how we address crime, access to food, there's just so many considerations, whether it's living in poverty or, you know, any number of fair factors that can really impact a person's health and well-being. So I just love the examples of when the healthcare industry and community organizations, when com- companies come together, all with a shared goal of, of helping people to be well. At Blue Shield, we did, we created a Blue Sky program, and that's a program that focuses on youth mental health. We couldn't, we're not the clinicians who can you know, address the the vast needs of young people, but we as a company could create opportunities to provide more training in schools to help people get more access to mental health resources, to erase the stigma associated with mental health. So really just think that beyond sort of getting over the language barrier, it's also a matter of creating these broad connections so that everybody's working together for health and well-being. Right, exactly. And I love that you mentioned the social determinants of health, because that's, that's still terminology that I think not everyone's familiar with. And it really is this all encompassing aspect of well being and health, just like you mentioned, and it really includes all those different parts of your wellness that people may not consider. And when you think about your health, you might just be thinking about your health care, health care delivery, but it's really so much more than that. It's the environment you're in, it's the community that you're in, it's the education you have received, your economic stability. And you're right, it's really all those components of healthcare that we need to see in a more holistic lens. So it's 
I'm really glad that you brought that up. And, and just as you mentioned too, driving everyone towards one shared mission, that really reminds me a lot of the work that we've done this past year with the pandemic. And I mean, there has ever been an effort to have a shared mission to support our community. I would say that the pandemic has, has really highlighted that and that shared mission. And in terms of work, when, when you were at Blue Shield, I'm really sure you didn't expect to be leading in communications for a healthcare company during the middle of a pandemic. So, <laughs> and how was that experience and how can organizations and leaders within healthcare organizations prepare for something like that when it comes to, you know, communications and there's, there's so much going on? You know, this is a really interesting one that we will all look back on like life before the pandemic, life after the pandemic, because it's just something that literally no one no matter what industry you've been in, no matter who you are personally, has ever experienced something as all-consuming and as this COVID-19 pandemic. I mean, it affected every aspect of our personal and professional lives in, in ways that we could never imagine. So no, I did not expect to be in healthcare at the time. <laughs> that the biggest healthcare challenge of my lifetime would, would happen, but it's been fascinating to be part of it because it is an opportunity to see an organization, its people and industry at its very best. I mean, at the end of the day, healthcare stepped up to the challenge at every turn. I mean, this conversation would be remiss if we didn't just like reflect on the heroic nature of frontline employees across the, the country, across the world, who put their own lives at risk, who sacrificed for their families to help us get through this pandemic. And every, everything and every role that everyone played, whether it was nurses and doctors and clinicians in the hospitals and in the communities, first protecting people you know, to get well and try to survive this for those who are comforting families when they were devastated to everyone who jumped in on the vaccination process to try to get us to the other side. The folks that were in companies like Blue Shield, making sure members had coverage and providers had resources, all of that just played this amazing role in helping us to sort of navigate this devastating time. So, you know, it was hard for everyone and certainly, you know, hard on the personal level. You know, it was tough for my 19-year-old who needed to be sequestered at home with grandma instead of being on her college campus. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been working in my living room for 15 months. And while that, you know, hasn't always been ideal, it's a blessing that, you know, I've been able to continue working and, and providing for our family. But, you know, at the end of the day, this has been a time literally for healthcare to shine. And I just couldn't be prouder of the role everyone has played and is continuing to play because we got to still be COVID careful. We are not through this yet. This is just, it's been career experience of a lifetime for sure. Right. I think we will all remember this past year for the rest of our lives. Honestly, the experience that we the experiences that we all shared and that we all faced and the coming together of so many different roles and companies in ways that we've never seen before. It's really, even though I've been in healthcare my whole career, I've never experienced anything to this scale in terms of the different players who've all worked together, the different needs that we all looked at and that we all came to create solutions for. So 
you know, it's definitely going to be an experience for the rest of our lives that we'll look back on and, and reflect on. And thank you for sharing your experiences personally at home. It's, it's really challenging, I think, for everyone, uh, especially if you, even if you work from home, if you're doing school from home or not, whatever your experience is, it's, it's really been something, something that we've never experienced before. So I really thank you for sharing that. And you know what, Charlene, I realized I actually didn't answer your question. So I'm going to go back and answer your question about how, you, how do you prepare for the unthinkable? But I want to just pick up on the point you said where this has been a terrific example of the value of public-private partnerships. When organizations come together, when they partner with the community, with government, this is how we need to approach all of the most complex challenges facing our communities and our society. We need to take learnings out of this COVID-19 experience and use this model over and over again to tackle homelessness, to tackle health disparities, to tackle the environment. This is the model. It's an all hands on deck. Everybody focus on North Star is and look at the power of what can be accomplished. So that's a go forward. You asked the question about how organizations prepare for these kinds of things. And I will tell you, there was actually no rule book for this one because they're just, just unprecedented. But clearly the most important thing that you have to do to be crisis ready is to put the systems in place for decision-making, the systems in place for how you communicate and identify those barriers that need to be addressed so that you can operate with speed. So I think those are three most important pieces in terms of you know, being ready to respond in a crisis. It takes preparation. You need to understand decision-making systems, communication channels, stakeholders you have to reach, and you've got to figure out how you can eliminate barriers so you can operate with speed. When you're in a crisis, time matters. And you don't want to be so fast that you haven't been thoughtful but you don't wanna be so slow that you let a situation get out of hand, someone else shaping your narrative, or importantly, you begin to lose optionality. So what I mean by that is if you are too slow in addressing emerging situation, some of the options that you could use to solve a problem, they get taken off the table because that opportunity has passed. So it's really important for organizations to painstakingly, when situations are calm, to put in place the right plans and to do drills, to test your approaches so that you can find where there may be cracks or gaps. Practice makes perfect. And, and then when you're in the midst of a crisis, one, all the good work that you've done prepares you to operate with a bit, of, bit more calm. And it also helps you operate with an element of trust because you will have trust amongst your team members who feel like you're well-prepared. You'll have trust with stakeholders who will know that you've been thoughtful. And I think going into any crisis and, and what nurses enjoy in a very unique way is just having such a high level of trust over the years. Nurses can just be a critical, critical asset for organizations in good times and in the times of crisis. Right, exactly. And I do want to emphasize how you mentioned time because if there's anything that was true about the pandemic, it was to respond quickly and efficiently. And, and that is a challenge, right? Because in healthcare, there are systems in place that might not always be the most quick or the most efficient. And I think that after this experience with the pandemic, we really will have that drive to 
to look at all those systems and make sure, you know, I think that this really drove the crisis management preparedness for the future. You know, it really accelerated our technology. It accelerated our ability to move forward in innovation in healthcare in a way we've never seen before in such a short time. And so I do, I do agree with what you mentioned there in terms of crisis management. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, there's, a, there's so much devastation and tragedy that's come through COVID-19. And there are those silver linings, those other things that we have surprised ourselves on, you know, the advancements in telemedicine, you know, being wonderful tool to help people, particularly with emotional resilience during this time, you know, being able to just move more quickly. I mean, when we think about, well, everyone has their own debate points around the vaccines, but to be able to have vaccines that were developed in record speed to safely help us try to get our arms around this pandemic. Just great, great learnings that we should try to use as we continue to make healthcare the very best industry it can be. Right, exactly. And it's really amazing to see how many people were involved, how creative people were during this time. And, you know, in terms of nurses, I do want to piggyback uh, to the communication piece, because I think when it comes to nursing, we don't usually think of nurses as public relations professionals, right? Um, and part of the communication strategy of our healthcare organizations. But how have you personally seen nurses fit into communications and, and those types of strategies in healthcare organizations, including Blue Shield? So the best asset for any organization is a trusted spokesperson, an ambassador for the brand. And that is really demonstrated, not always by what you say, by, but by what you do. And so the unique position that nurses have is nurses are public relations professionals, even if they're not standing in front of a camera and talking to the media, by virtue of the role they play in doing their jobs well every single day. Because people trust people like them, they trust people, they want to accept and receive messages from people they trust. And so, you know, one of the beauties tapping into nurses as public relations partners beyond the great work they do in their day job is they have such a high level of trust and that trust is built because they speak truth and because they operate from a point of empathy with the best interest of patients in mind. So if you think about that, that is just like the whole package. And there's an absolute way that nurses can stand for what's right, as long as they are true to those very same principles, the principles of having, taking actions that are in the best interest of the people they serve, speaking with truth, continuing to represent that, that level of trust and empathy. So I think they are, they are the assets that, that you want. That's exactly what you look for in an ambassador. Yes, thank you so much. And I love the emphasis on trust because you're right about saying that nurses have been considered the most trusted profession for, you know, now it's 19 years in a row, which is really remarkable. And, and with that trust and with, you know, with those stories that nurses have and that they could share, I mean, that really is what you would like in an ambassador. That's really a way that nurses can contribute to these different strategies? And how would you say that nurses can get more involved in this type of work when it comes to communications and lending their voice or having that platform? So one of the easiest ways that, that nurses can be part of the, the storytelling mechanism of an organization is 
by sharing their stories with the folks that do communications. Sitting on the corporate side, we are always looking for those great stories and experiences you know, that we can share. And clearly we all are aware that there, is, there, there are rules around how you do that. There's confidentiality and HIPAA and all of that, but there are ways that stories can be told. And so sharing that information is great following all the organization's guidelines and all of the policies that, that frame this um, is certainly a wonderful opportunity, but we, we need more stories. So that's a great way that one can do it to the extent that people have opportunities through social media, again, within their organization's guidelines to share about their experience. Those are some straightforward ways, writing, telling, you know, sharing your story, making yourself available. And the most important thing I think that nurses do is be the advocate that you are in your day-to-day -day jobs to not only serve your patients well, but to help the organization understand where they can do it better. Part of good public relations is not only you know, highlighting what you're doing well, but it is also addressing those places where there may be gaps so that they don't become the crisis of the future. So nurses can be terrific eyes inside the organization to help the organization understand where it may not be meeting its North Star objectives and how they can improve so that they have a better experience for people that work there, for the members, they, for the patients they're serving and colleagues that they're supporting. So I think those are a couple of ways that, that nurses can play really important roles. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. And nurses really are the you know, they're really the foundation of healthcare. There's more nurses in the healthcare segment than any other workforce. And they really are the eyes, the ears of healthcare and can really speak to these experiences and how to not just like you said, not only speak about what's going well, but speak about areas of improvements. They're really innovators. So there's a lot of opportunity. And it sounds like a lot of ways to spin the communications and share these different efforts. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Let me just say that, you know, I loved all my OBGYNs, but I could not live without the nurses that took care of me. Uh, they're the name, that's that name on the board. That is the one you yes. that is the one that you rely on. And I am just so grateful to have had, you know, wonderful experiences and terrific nurses that have taken care of me. So I am uh, just kudos. They are heroes in their own right and they deserve all the not only not only to be tapped as a resource, but they deserve to be recognized and celebrated for the critical role that they do play in healthcare. Yes. And, you know, when it comes to highlighting nurses and, and staff members, how would you recommend that people can highlight or value the work that has been done? Because, you know, a lot of the listeners on our podcast are supervisors, department leaders, and they might want to have some advice or some tips in terms of how to highlight the work that their employees have been doing. And do you have any thoughts on that or how leaders can really highlight that work? Sure. Well, the first thing I'd say as a leader is your people want to be recognized and they want to know that you care and value what they contribute to the organization. So there are plenty of ways to do that just on the normal. It's like saying thank you. Some people have internal newsletters highlighting that work. You know, as a leader, I, I want to make sure that I have formal channels for recognition through our gatherings as a team. We have tools that we can use across our company platforms that may exist in, in systems where nurses are. But finding 
both formal and informal ways to celebrate your successes, to show empathy and support when people are going through, you know, challenging times like we've experienced through this pandemic. So I think the key is really around intentionality and showing people that value what they do and you care about them as a person. When we do that, people literally will walk through walls for you because they will just be they will be so energized because they're already energized by the mission that draws them to this work and to the ability to care for others. But when they know that they're appreciated and valued, that will get them to really go even that extra mile. So find formal and informal ways of recognizing folks, tap into whatever channels are available. And if there aren't many, create your own. It's simple to do. I love that. And I love how you emphasize really caring for the the individuals really showing how much that they're valued because that makes, it makes a huge difference. Just like what you said with saying, thank you. I think just hearing a thank you really means a world of difference for, for people who've been working really hard and have been going through some really tough challenges during this pandemic and just in general in healthcare. So thank you for sharing all that. And I can't believe it's already, you know, we're already drawing to a close with our, with our conversation today, but I wanted to have an opportunity for you to share any other insight or any other wisdom that you wanted to share with our audience in terms of communications or just any other thoughts you have. Sure. Well, first I want to say, in addition to what I just said around, you know, showing that you care and recognizing, there's another important component called listening. People also want to know that their ideas matter and their concerns matter. So as leaders, we also need to create avenues for listening. Doesn't mean that we're always going to be able to address every single issue that comes our way, but at least being honest and straightforward and acknowledging what we can change and what we can't, that also goes a lot of long way. So on the purpose of our topic around managing crisis, I will share seven principles that are really important to those of us who work in the public relations profession. They're called PAGE principles, and this is how we as practitioners are really focused on doing our job every day. And I think that some of these will resonate with how nurses approach their work. So here are the seven principles. First and foremost, tell the truth. Secondly, prove it with action. Third, listen to stakeholders. Fourth is manage for tomorrow. And what that means is anticipate what you might experience tomorrow, be planful, generate goodwill so that you have the trust of of individuals and organizations before the time of crisis. The fourth one is to conduct public relations as if the whole enterprise depends upon it. And that means that being very, very focused on telling your story and ensuring that people understand why you exist and how you're delivering on that promise so that they do build up that trust in you. Realize that an organization's true character is expressed by its people. And this is what we've been talking about, the importance of individuals within the organizations, clinicians, nurses, doctors, everyone in their day-to-day job You are the greatest advocates for the organizations that you are part of. And we need to make sure we're investing in helping those people have a meaningful experience and have the support that they need. And then the last one's my favorite, which is to remain calm, patient, and good-natured. That's just so important in every industry, but even more so in healthcare, where you're dealing with life or death moments that are so serious and can be so emotional. And not only are they challenging for patients and their families, 
but it's tough on folks, the healthcare workers, the frontline workers that are supporting them. So finding that support amongst yourself so that you can be calm and patient and good humored, even in the darkest of times is really so important. So I hope that those principles are, are helpful as you think about navigating communications, crisis communications, and also public relations for your organizations. That's wonderful, Kimberly. Thank you for sharing those principles. I'm going to write down each one and every one and put it on my wall because those were great, great principles to consider just for every day, you know, honestly, for every day. And I do want to ask as well, how can audience members learn more about you or can they find you on LinkedIn or other ways on social media? Yes, I'm on LinkedIn. And as a storyteller, you'd expect that you know, I would use that platform as one opportunity to connect on leadership topics and others. So you can find me as Kimberly Good. And I do have a distinct extra E in my Kimberly. So it's K-I-M-E-R-L-E-Y. And I guess I like E's because Good has an E also, G-O-O-D-E. And I'd love to connect with some of the fine folks in this community. I wouldn't want to end without again saying Thank you for everything that you do. It matters so much to, to my family and to so many, and we appreciate you. Great. Thank you so much, Kimberly. It was a wonderful conversation. I feel like we could talk for so much longer. And I just really want to say thanks to you for sharing your insights, for sharing your expertise on communications and strategy and crisis management. And we really appreciate you. This is our episode with Kimberly Good, and then she most recently served as Senior Vice President of External Affairs at Blue Shield, California. And this is the ACNL in Action podcast, and we have episodes that are released on the first Friday of every month. So please stay tuned. And thank you again, Kimberly, for joining us. Thank you, Charlene. It was a delight, and I'm glad that we met forward to connecting with you on LinkedIn. Great. Me too. Thank you so much, Kimberly, and thank you, everyone, for listening. 